Welcome. You're listening to Faith vs. Weight with Maria Bauer. Maria is a former U.S. Navy Health Information Systems Officer, current health and wellness coach, and author of the book, Faith vs. Weight, reminding you that you already have victory in Christ. Now, here's your host, Maria Bauer. Hello and welcome. It's time for your Daily Devo, because faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ, Romans 10, 17. Thank you for joining me as we are spiritually energized to listen and then share the good news in both reflection and action from Genesis to Revelation in one year using the chronological five-day Bible plan as our guide, BibleClassMaterial.com. Scripture is taken from the New Heart English Bible, public domain. Week 2, Day 3 covers Genesis 21-23, through 23, Psalm 107, and Mark 8. Lord, Open our eyes. In Genesis 21 through 23, the fulfillment of a promise that the Lord made to Abraham 25 years earlier has now finally arrived. Isaac is born to Sarah. The joy, awe, laughing, and feasting commences until Sarah notices that Ishmael, the son of Hagar, is mocking her. Once again, Sarah is ready to throw not only Ishmael out, but also his mother Hagar out of the house, because there is no way that she will allow the future sharing of Isaac's inheritance with Ishmael. Abraham was heartbroken, but God told him to do what Sarah asked since Isaac is the one to carry on the fulfillment of his promise to Abraham, not Ishmael. However, because Ishmael was also his son, the Lord promised to make a nation out of him. So Abraham gets up early the next day to give Hagar bread and water, and he sends her and Ishmael out of his house into the wilderness. Once the water ran out, she put the child down at a distance because she could not stand to watch her son die. Because she lifted up her voice and cried, the Bible tells us that God heard the voice of Ishmael. An angel of the Lord from the sky comforts Hagar, telling her that he has heard her son and that she should go to him and hold his hand. He also reveals that Ishmael will eventually be a great nation, and then God opens her eyes and she sees a well of water that he has already provided for her. Lord, please open our eyes to the things you have already provided for us in order for us to fulfill your promises for our life. God stayed with Ishmael in the wilderness, and he became an archer. Since Hagar was Egyptian, she found him an Egyptian wife. In the meantime, King Abimelech, knowing that Abraham had God's favor, made Abraham swear that he would treat Abimelech as well as Abimelech treated him when they had the issue with Sarah. Abraham agreed. However, it wasn't long before an issue came up where the king's men violently took one of Abraham's water wells away. So, that there was no future misunderstandings, Abraham gave Abimelech seven lambs as a proclamation that it was Abraham that had dug the well. The king and Abraham made a covenant over this and called the place Beersheba. Abraham then planted a tamarisk tree in honor of the Lord, calling on the name of the everlasting God as he lived among the Philistines for many years. And then there was a testing. The Lord had Abraham take his only son that he had waited 25 years plus four and told Abraham to take him to a mountain in Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering. There is no mention of Abraham even questioning the Lord on this matter or delaying. In perfect obedience, he rose up early the next morning, split the wood, and saddled his donkey, taking with him Isaac and two young men. After three days of travel, 
Abraham saw the place in the distance. Abraham told the young men he brought with him to stay with the donkey while he and Isaac went to the place God had told Abraham about. He did not tell the men he was going to offer Isaac up as a burnt offering. He told the men that he and Isaac were going to worship the Lord. And interestingly enough, he also said that he and the boy would return. Abraham then lay the wood on Isaac's back to carry, which of course, for Christ's followers, is reminiscent of Jesus carrying his own cross. Since they had fire and wood, Isaac understandably asked where the burnt offering was, to which Abraham replied, the Lord will provide. And so Abraham built an altar to the Lord and bound Isaac. I can't imagine what was going on in Isaac's mind or the level of unconditional trust he had in Abraham, just like Abraham had with God and Jesus with his father. Yet the minute Abraham raised the knife to slaughter Isaac, an angel of the Lord called to Abraham from the sky, telling him not to lay a hand on the boy or do anything else to him. Now the Lord knew without a doubt that Abraham wasn't just following him for what God could do for him. Abraham was following God because he was his God and he was devoted to him first. Then we have another eye-opening experience as Abraham looks up and sees a ram in the thicket, which is now put on the altar to the Lord instead of Isaac, because the Lord's eyes were opened to Abraham's devotion. He swears to Abraham that not only will Abraham's seed multiply as greatly as the stars in heaven, but also as the sands of the sea. The Lord also tells Abraham that his seed will possess the gates of his enemies, which of course foretells the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Abraham then returned to the young men and eventually Beersheba. At this point, he is told his brother's family is growing as well as his own house through his female servants. When Abraham's wife Sarah died in Hebron, at 127 years of age, he was distraught and came to mourn and weep for her. In his grief, he approached the Hittites asking to buy land to bury his dead since he was a foreigner living in their land. Their respect and generosity toward Abraham was eye-opening and very touching, telling him that he was a prince of God among them and that he could have whatever land he wanted. So he chose Ephron, and although the landowner graciously offered to give it to him, Abraham paid the 400 shekels of silver, and after the field was deeded to him along with the cave, he buried his beloved Sarah. In Psalm 107, we are reminded of how God satisfy the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with good things. He sends his word and heals them and delivers them from their graves. Psalm 107 20. He comforts both the suffering and the mourning. It also goes on to list just a sampling of the infinite things the Lord provides to those who follow him and how thankful we should be with this unlimited and everlasting loving kindness towards us. In Mark 8, we open with Jesus having compassion once again with the multitude who are there listening to him teach. They had listened to his teaching for three days without having any food to eat. Jesus knew if they went home without food that they might not make it, since some of them had traveled long distances just to hear his voice. The disciples asked him how they were going to feed the multitude since they were once again in a deserted place. So Jesus asked them, how many loaves do you have? From their seven loaves, Jesus fed 4,000. They also had a few pieces of fish to round out the meal. In the end, there were seven baskets of food left over. However, before Jesus served the bread or the fish, he blessed it. Once he left by boat to another region, the Pharisees were waiting to pounce, ready to test him. Who do you think won? They wanted a sign from Jesus. 
who tells them that because they are looking for a sign, they will not get it. Then he leaves by boat again, telling his disciples to beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Herod. We can only infer that this yeast comparison meant that their evil was on the rise. At this point, the disciples realize they only have one loaf of bread and figure the yeast comment is related to their lack of food. Jesus, realizing that they are just not getting it, asks them if their hearts are hardened. Otherwise, they would understand what he was saying. In this case, Jesus tells them that their eyes are not open. He asks them how many baskets of food were left over after feeding the 5,000, to which they reply 12. Then he asks how many were left over after he fed the 4,000, and they respond correctly again, this time with seven. Yet they still did not understand. Lord, please open our eyes to what you have already done on the cross in our lives and in the lives of others. Help us to understand. After that, he travels to Bethsaida, where a blind man is brought to him, and after lying his hands on him twice to make sure his vision is perfectly restored, you guessed it, he opens his eyes. Then he goes on to Caesarea Philippi, and after asking the disciples who other men said Jesus was, he then asks them directly, who do you say I am? Peter answers, the Messiah. At that point, Jesus tells them to tell no one. He then reveals that as a son of man, he must go through suffering, rejection, and finally death, and that he will rise three days later. Because of this, Peter actually rebukes Jesus. Can you imagine the word rebuked being used in the same sentence as you and Jesus and it not coming from Jesus? Which, of course, is what happened next. Jesus then turned around and told Peter, Get behind me, Satan, for you have in mind not the things of God, but the things of men. Mark 8.33 Jesus then tells not only his disciples, but a whole multitude, If anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Mark 8.34 And that whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever will lose his life for my sake and the sake of the good news will save it. Mark 8.35 Then, warning them that whoever is ashamed of him now especially in this adulterous and sinful generation, that he, the Son of Man, will be ashamed of him when he comes with his Father and the holy angels. Today's reflection, Lord, open our eyes. Today's action, tell Satan to get behind you. Ask God to give you a mind for the things of God, not the things of men. Daily Devo is just a sneak peek intended to get you excited about the rest of the greatest story ever told. Check out Genesis 21 through 23, Psalm 107, and Mark 8. Just 15 to 30 minutes a day of Bible listening on one of your favorite Bible apps while you are driving, working out, doing the dishes, or folding laundry five days a week will allow you to cover the entire Bible in one year as God's promises cover you in the process. Welcome. You're listening to Faith Versus Weight with Maria Bauer. Maria is a former U.S. Navy Health Information Systems Officer, current health and wellness coach, and author of the book,